Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can. Just go to patreon.com slash Canada EHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. I do this full-time, and every dollar you give helps keep the podcasts going. You can also listen to my other podcasts. From John to Justin releases every Friday on all podcast platforms, and Pucks and Cups, which also releases every Sunday on all podcast platforms, covering Canadian politics, our Prime Ministers, and hockey history. Scott Renyard is a filmmaker and scientist who writes, produces, and directs award-winning ecological documentaries. He's worked on more than 200 film and TV projects, including Trail of an Iconic Species, The Unofficial Trial of Alexander Morton, and The Pristine Coast. He's also the director and founder of The Green Channel and the director of Save the Planet Already, a comedy special with an environmental theme. I talked to Scott just recently about The Green Channel, environmentalism, and what we can all do to help the planet. So let's get right to it. Is, uh, so you're the founder of the Green Channel. How did that kind of come about to, to found uh, the Green Channel? Uh, actually, it um, was interesting. I, I produced a film called uh, The Pristine Coast, which was uh, an environmental film. And, uh, and it came out at VIF in 2014. And around that time, I was noticing that it was getting harder and harder to place my films anywhere. It just seemed like the, the traditional places were just disappearing. And I thought, well, maybe I have to go direct to the audience. And I uh, happened to run into somebody that uh, said, well, why don't we set up a platform for you? And that's kind of where it started. Um, and I realized after that a lot of my environmental filmmaking friends were also struggling to place their content. And I thought, well, why not uh, create a niche channel that uh, focuses on the environment and, and um, try and uh, create a bit of a hub so that, uh, you know, these filmmakers would have a place to broadcast their films. Uh, what made you decide to focus uh, on ecological films and films with an environmental theme uh, in your work? Oh gosh, I was, uh, I've been, uh, uh, as my dad said to me when I was like five and six years old, he says, you know, son, you're gonna have to go to university because I don't know the name of that plant and I don't know what it does. And <laughs> so it seems like when I was a really young child, I was already asking questions about plants and animals even before uh i even knew what school was <laughs> <laughs> uh and so what are some of the you've some of the films you've worked on um is there any special one that kind of uh that, that's really important to you that was uh, not only just maybe nice to work on but has a really important message well i think the pristine coast was the one that i felt most proud of because uh, i spent nine years at university studying science and um felt that when I moved into film, I'd kind of left that behind. And, and uh, finally, I felt that I was able to use my science education in a way that I was able to advance a lot of the information that was swirling around the impacts of uh, open net fish farms on, on uh, wild fish populations. And in that film, um, while I was actually filming Alexander Morton's protest on Vancouver Island, she gave me a photo of a herring that was bleeding from the creases of its fins and out of its eyes. And she says, this film, this fish is very sick. And when I saw that, I immediately thought, well, this story is way beyond just salmon. It's salmon and herring and what other species now? Mm -hmm. So I started to do my digging and research and realized that probably we had um, 
inadvertently been spreading diseases around the planet from different areas. Um, and in this particular case, viral hemorrhagic septicemia, which is, you know, some people describe it as fish Ebola, uh, is uh, affecting all fin fish. And so we've seen a crash of fish populations wherever that virus has gone. And, um, and it's been quite a change in the marine environment as a result. Uh, tell me a bit about the unofficial trial of Alexandra Morton. Uh, the unofficial trial of Alexander Morton was um, the, one of two films that I created um, uh, from the Cohen Inquiry. I, when I was making The Pristine Coast, um, I happened to meet the media relations persons at, at the uh, Cohen Inquiry, which was uh, looked at the decline of the Fraser River sockeye. And they gave me permission to uh, film the hearings. So I filmed 119 days of 133 days. I spent a year in a federal courtroom filming the testimony. When I was doing that, I was sort of thinking I was going to make one film about the key science around what was being presented at the hear at the hearings, and um, and then on Alexander Morton's day, I felt that there was a lot of uh, pressure from the lawyers on her because she's basically a whistleblower, and and she was sort of standing up to the industry and government, and sort of she'd been complaining for decades that there were major impacts happening and we needed to do something about it. So I felt that I needed to make that film. Uh, it was not really what I was going to do. I was uh, The Trial of Iconic Species was the other film that focused mm -hmm. on the science. But when I saw her testimony and, and uh, saw what happened, I felt that the public should see what happened. And, and um, I didn't change anything. All I did was edit for length so it really is uh, exactly what happened. And um, I think it's a very important film. Uh, when we look at things like, you know, ecological documentaries and nature films are almost as old as film itself. Uh, but are they more important now than ever before in teaching us what we have to do to uh, help Mother Nature to combat climate change and things like that? I think so. I mean, I think what I... What I um, uh, what I sort of, how I approach filmmaking is I like to dig beyond what is sort of the story that happens in, in the first pass in the news. I like to sort of dig into the topic and try and find out more about the top, more about the issues and to try and see if there's actually a solution there. And I think that a lot of films now are, are actually showing us things that we didn't expect. Uh, I do think that it uh, helps uh, decision makers. I mean, I'm hoping that the channel will be that one day where if uh, somebody suddenly is giving, given the portfolio of climate change and they've never really been involved in that issue before, that they could come to the Green Channel and watch 20 films on climate change and have a pretty good idea of what questions to ask and what issues to sort of look to. Uh, kind of in regards to climate change, can you tell me a bit about Save the Planet Already? Oh, Save the Planet Already was um, one, of the, one of the critiques that I've been getting from the Green Channels. They say, well, we don't really want to watch a channel that's all about bad news. And, uh, and I don't really see the Green Channel all about bad news. <laughs> it, to me, is that basically, basically any content that you see out there that um, could possibly have a green tinge to it, if you want to put it that way. So it could be a reality show. It could be a series. It could be a dramatic feature. I mean, Aaron Brockovich was a wonderful film. That's exactly what would fit our channel. Mm -hmm. um, so with that in mind, um, I happened to uh, run into somebody that just made a comedy and I said, oh, do you have any contacts? And next thing I knew, we had a couple of meetings and uh, we found 
a bunch of comics that wanted to do the show. <laughs> so we ended up a night at the Kino Cafe and had uh, seven comedians tell jokes about the environment. And I think it turned out pretty good. It's, <laughs> it's a very funny film. Uh, do you feel like it's, uh, you know, when you're dealing with green things, green films, uh, nature films, that you have to strike kind of a balance to say, look at how amazing you know, nature is, how amazing the world is, but also here's some really tough to look at things because we got to face this reality. Um, I, David Attenborough had that kind of, uh, had, I think it was not planet earth, but our planet or something like that, where it was really beautiful, but then at times really hard to watch. Do you feel like we have to have that balance now to say, this is what the world is, how great it is, but this is what we're doing to it. Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's what I hope that we can do with the Green Channel is that uh, sometimes, you know, you'll watch something that just uh, gives you a terrible feeling in your stomach. And then you could quickly watch something else that shows the beauty that's still there, because it isn't all doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. um, and we do have uh, some serious issues to deal with. And if you look at the size of the human population, we've got to be a lot more careful now than we've ever had to be, because you know, we've got 7.8 billion human beings now uh, on the planet, and it's doubled since 1985. Mm -hmm. So um, we do need to pay attention to how we tread on the environment. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, the channel will have some great content that will help with the solutions, but also help us sort of go and have a laugh. And that's why I did Save the Planet on Radio, so people could have a laugh about some of the things that we've done <laughs> and see. <laughs> uh in regards to the Green Channel, you kind of mentioned it. Uh, is there a specific, like somebody watching the Green Channel, somebody maybe isn't aware somehow of everything that's going on in the world, what would you hope they get from watching the Green Channel? Well, what I hope is that they, they're going to see uh, content from around the world. Uh, we do acquire stuff from everywhere, so you'll see different perspectives on the same topic. Um, we are commissioning things slowly as we, we're, we're growing and um, we're hoping to have some very uh, unique topics that you don't get to see every day because I mean we've seen lots of documentaries on the large mammals and and certain certain endangered species but I mean I'd love to see a series on our show um, on our channel at some point that um, uh, has uh, very obscure animals and that have a niche and um, it might be right next to some big parking lot near a mall or something. <laughs> and, uh, and suddenly we all become aware of that and say, hey, we got to protect that 200 square meters because that one creature needs it. <laughs> um, reading the, the bio that I was sent, uh, you, you mentioned with the Green Channel, the first step to solving environmental problem is knowing about it. Uh, is awareness kind of like the best weapon we have to dealing with, uh, especially something like climate change, uh, overpopulation, destruction of habitat. Is awareness like something like that's the biggest tool that we have at our disposal? I think so. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously you want the science and everything else to, to follow. And sometimes the scientists, science is way ahead of us and the public doesn't know. And uh, the scientists need the support. So if the public knows and they're supporting what the scientists have already found, um, that helps push forward uh, maybe changes in, in uh, legislation or, I mean, with, with the pristine coast, when I made that film, I was at a screening and uh, Finn Donnelly, one of the MPs, uh, happened to come to that screening and he said, can I have copies of your film? And I said, sure, how many do you need? And he says, well, 50. And I said, why do you need 50? He says, I'm going to Ottawa. I'm going to give it to every single politician. <laughs> they need to see this film. So to me, that was sort of proof in the pudding that, you know, and uh, and after that, I remember going to uh, another gathering 
and the minister of fisheries was there. And as soon as I said my name, he says, you don't have to tell me I've seen your film. <laughs> so I know that, so I know content can have an impact. It does uh, help uh, our, our decision makers. And I see also it helping our businesses. I mean, business people seeing what's discussed in the area that they might be doing resource extraction or whatever business they have, uh, they might be able to mitigate their own business and start to steer it in a direction that can be helpful and uh, stay out of the way of maybe a big problem that's coming their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it kind of hard to, you know, people will see something say on the green channel and go, oh my goodness, that's horrible. You know, I can't believe that's happening. Is it hard? Is it like kind of feeling like beating your head against the wall to say, this is what's happening because people have their short attention spans. They go, oh, that's so horrible. Anyways, I'm going to focus on this over here now. And maybe they don't think about that as much anymore. Is it hard to kind of keep that, you know, telling people this is what we got to do and keeping their interest and keeping them uh, committed to dealing with things like, like climate change is a perfect example. We know it's an issue. We know it's something bad, but so many people aren't doing anything about it. Well, I think, I mean, everybody has their lives to live and we, we all have very busy lives and it's, it's very, very difficult to uh, stay focused on it all the time. And I, and I understand that. I mean, it does, it is hard because sometimes, you know, because I'm very passionate about it and I, and my life's work is surrounded in, in it. Um, I like to sort of tell people, if you don't have the time, look at supporting a charity that maybe is working on it. Look at supporting a particular person that's trying to defend a particular species even subscribe to something like the green channel and and you can um simply by watching these films and lying on the couch watching these films you're helping the environment because i'm supporting the environmental filmmakers that are telling those stories Mm -hmm. so every little bit of that whatever it might be does help um and don't let it i mean i i can't even make it uh, all encompassing in my own life so i think it's important that we all just sort of take a little spot and try and make uh you know pick our spots but I think if we all do a little bit, it'll go a long way. Uh, what's the response been to the Green Channel uh, so far? Uh, what have you heard from people? Uh, the, the response has been pretty good. I mean, I think our, our biggest issue is actually letting people know it's there because um, we ran a, an ad on um, uh, CKNW for a month and uh, it was a great ad. We got lots of response and everything else, but people were saying, so how do we find you? <laughs> and uh, so... So when you're a startup, I realize there's a lot of information out there and it's hard to get people to know where you are and, uh, and how to connect. And, uh, and we're always building out new access points for the channel. And we hope by next year on most smart TVs, you'll be able to download an app so that uh, it'll make it easy for you to see the channel. In regards to that, uh, looking into next year, uh, what, what plans do you have for the Green Channel? Uh, like you mentioned, the app. Uh, well, we have uh, an Apple app now, so you can get us on uh, the Apple HD uh, box, uh, iOS phones, and uh, iPads. We're now working on Android, Roku, and uh, uh, Samsung televisions, so we'll be on all of those, hopefully, by middle of next year. Um, we launch a, a new film every week. And we've continued to do that even through COVID when our money was tight and everything else. We've launched a a film every week and we hope to sort of double that up and maybe do two a week. So there's always new content and we're always looking for more. And um, we're trying to actually uh, increase more Canadian content as well on the channel. Uh, In regards to COVID, 
I guess, has it presented a opportunity in the fact that more people are at home, more people are going to be streaming things. So this gives them uh, something else to watch. But has it also created challenges for you with what you're doing uh, in terms of working with people and filming anything like that? Yeah, so it's interesting, like with COVID, when it first started, I, I really, we could see that uh, we lost a few subscribers, because I think people were just sort of uh, hunkering down and saving their money, right? So, um, and then we recovered after that. So I think, you know, they may have picked their favorite streaming services, you know, some of the big ones, and then some of the little ones go, right? So, <laughs> but we've actually recovered, we've recovered since then. So I'm happy to say that, you know, people are starting to come back. Um, with Save the Planet already, it, that project was delayed six months because uh, we still needed to record some laugh tracks and things and we couldn't have people come and sit in the same room. So uh, we had to find a family that was in the same bubble and, uh, and it, was, uh, it was quite interesting trying to get that last little piece so we could finish the film off. So um, our documentaries can continue to, you can continue to work on those because everybody works in isolation, the editors in one, in, in one building and I'm you know, at my office. So we've been able to sort of keep those going. But in terms of anything that requires groups, it's very difficult. And I'd like to do a sequel to Save the Planet already, but I don't think we can do it right yet. <laughs> Not quite yet, no. <laughs> and yeah. uh, just just my last question. Uh, so if people are interested in the Green Channel, uh, where can they find it? Where can they maybe get in touch with you? How do they subscribe? Just everything that uh, people can do to kind of find these great films and uh, series and everything. Well, if they come to uh, uh, www.thegreenchannel.tv, so that's T as in television, and um, uh, it's very easy to subscribe. We have a free month, so you sign up, you can actually test it out and see if you like the service and you have a month to watch things and uh, we hope you stay. Um, you can also uh, go on to our Apple app and sign up through the Apple app uh, as well. Um, so that's the, the way you can find us now. And then we hope that people will go to our website and watch for the new connections that we have coming up in terms of the Android and Roku and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, we got a free month, so. So take advantage of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, I, think a lot of the streaming, I think a lot of the streaming services now have shortened their free period to seven days, but I feel it's important for people to get, a, get to know us and test us out. And uh, we hope that they come and stay. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Scott, and if you did, please leave a rating and review. If you want to reach me, you can. Just go to craig at canadaehx.com. You can also visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history, as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to canadaehx.com. In addition, you can support the podcast like I said. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. Just like all of these wonderful patrons have. Phil Maynard, Pamela Elder, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rois, Luke S., Vic Hedges, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Spencer M., and Iris Gray. You can find us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash CanadianHistoryX. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And you can find me on Instagram. Just search for Bairdo37. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.